0: Hello, everybody, my name is Jill Renee Feeler and welcome to today's podcast. I'm very happy to be here with you today. And I'm excited for what comes through. I don't know (laughs) what we're gonna do. But before we get started, let's just take a couple nice deep breaths and help us its sort of a connection exercise helping us connect to ourselves. Okay, nice deep breath. Close your eyes if you can. Just relax, nice deep breath. And we would like you to imagine that your body is contained in this bubble (laughs) of energy that is invisible and intangible, but very real. So there's this bubble of energy that you are amidst (laughs) within in your humanness. It's there's tech, there, technology that is otherworldly and beyond worlds, beyond space, beyond time. Oh, and it helps support you it, it's a it's a additional layers additional layers of uh, inspiration, uh, problem solving, self soothing and self calming um, radicalness. <laughs> There's just a lot more available to you than just your five human senses and just the, the tissues and the matter of your humanness and this bubble of energy that that sort of comes with you into this reality It's yours (laughs) and you can use it in a whole bunch of different ways You don't even have to understand it It is there and it is a real part of who and what you are And it's part of your vehicle actually when you die And you drop your body suit, your body, your humanness Your body shuts down, stops working And this bubble of energy is part of what holds your eternal consciousness and your human consciousness that you're operating from now and they interact in a beyond this world experience. Okay, and you don't even need drugs. How about that? (laughs) Wonderful. Okay. Hmm. So maybe just letting yourself Play with the idea that there's part of you that's beyond your shoulder blades and beyond your what you see in the mirror. This is so real, it's so true, and maybe part of you is sort of uh, loving this idea. <laughs> okay very good before we end this connection connection exercise I would like you to imagine that your humanness is right in the center of that energy field that we talked about okay that you're all the way in your bodysuit wiggle your toes a little bit wiggle your fingers maybe touch your elbows touch your shoulders touch your nose and just helping you feel some of us in a in an experience like this um, there are some of us that tend to want to be out of our bodysuits we want to pretend we're not human, we don't like our lives, we don't like the human race, we don't like that we're a part of it. So we tend to slide as much as we can or maybe quite consistently, our consciousness slides out of our humanness and then we're sort of vacant in our humanness and that's not a great way um, in our opinion to go through your life. Okay, doesn't work so well that way. Plus you lose stuff all the time and you're probably late (laughs) for everything. (laughs) Okay, (laughs) it's good to show up for you. All right, wiggle those toes just a little bit more. Very good. Nice deep breath again. Okay. (laughs) Nice. Okay. All right, open your eyes if you haven't already and please I hope you have a smile on your face. Put a smile on your face if you don't have one there already and let's get started. So what are we going to do for those of you that are new? I have a gift I realized within probably about 10 years ago Um, I come up with these super good ideas and wisdom and messages that feel like they're from another level of me that is beyond space beyond time that I couldn't take credit for as human Jill, even if I wanted to. Um, It's not based on things I have read. It's not based on what I've studied or what somebody else has taught me. It literally is divine inspiration. And I don't think this is that unique. But I do believe we're in an age of darkness on here on the planet And something like this feels very, you know, weird and foreign And yet the best artists, the best um, inventors They're constantly getting divine inspiration The best authors are, are inspired with things that, that are from another level I would say of themselves um, and this is where genius comes from We all have access to a level of divine inspiration And wisdom that is beyond our humanness So I will demonstrate, <laughs> I guess I'm not intending to to like this is how to do it But this is how I do it And hopefully you'll enjoy what comes through And if you don't that's fine I. I'm okay, I'm not, I'm not trying to be everything to all people and I'm not trying to make everybody happy But my intention is to help you be a better version of yourself Because I believe that one way that humanity can move forward in a a noticeable, meaningful way is for all of us to take ourselves more seriously to feel more responsibility for who and what we are and the choices that we make Uh, Being more conscious of the choices that we make Even in what we say or don't say What we say yes to or what we say no to Um, And also that by feeling more serious about that you matter And that there's more to you than meets the eye And there's more to you than just your physicality That there will be more genius (laughs) on the planet There will be more actual solutions to real problems Um, And maybe a little less arguing And maybe some maybe less self-hate maybe less self-sabotage, maybe less disconnection maybe less harming each other, um, maybe a lot of goodness. Hmm. (laughs) So I'm good for dialing dialing down any sort of like harmful behaviors on earth and I'm really excited also about simultaneously dialing up uh, the level of not just goodness but let's say greatness or even gloriousness that humanity has access to, okay? There we go, (laughs) let's do this. I have no idea what we're talking about. Actually, I shouldn't say that. I have a bit of an idea. I was putting on, I was freshening up my face and putting some makeup on about eight minutes ago. (laughs) Um, And I had some ideas of what we'll talk about today. So here we go. All right. Hmm. Yeah, let's start there. Two times in the past day, I have had uh, two people that I respect greatly. um, Sort of, well, let me just give you what happened. There was an Instagram post by a dear friend of mine. I absolutely love her. Um, And she was, it was a picture of like a pentagram. Um, which I immediately got a knee because <laughs> that's that's not that's not my thing. Um, I'm not into that and I, I do have a maybe programmed but a bit of an aversion to it. But I, I know there's a lot of uh, vibrational positives and negatives to everything. So I, do, I don't know a lot about that and I'll admit that anyway. So but her post said something like um, I have a dark side um, and then it was like and you do too," <laughs> dot dot dot. Um, and she was sort of, anyway, so that was interesting. Um, so I just kind of, okay, <laughs> okay. And then also today, um, I was listening to a podcast from Dr. Jordan Peterson. Um, by the way, something is going on with his voice. He sounds like he's crying. And I don't watch the YouTube videos, but I listen to the podcasts. And in the most recent two interviews from his podcast, um, there's a shakiness in his voice So I don't know what's going on with him But I hope I hope he's okay physically um, He's not normally a tearful guy So uh, from what I've experienced, I've never met him But anyway, it was just kind of his voice quivers Like somebody that is crying And it was anyway, that was That's not what I wanted to talk about though, I apologize um, He was and I think Nietzsche, I didn't study Nietzsche But I, I believe it comes from Nietzsche And also a lot of organized religions This idea that that humanity is suffering Earth is suffering um, And it's inescapable And it's what life is about is about suffering <laughs> And I'm just like, oh my God So uh, let's solve another perspective, <laughs> shall we? Okay, um, does everybody have a dark side? Yeah And my response is so what (laughs) Um, because why isn't well I know it's a rhetorical question but it's interesting how readily we are invited into like our dark side and and commiserating on levels of of human suffering and and that that bonds us together apparently when there's a completely different alternative which is why not invite you into your gloriousness. Why not your div- um, I'm divine and so are you <laughs> dot, dot, dot with no like, um, you know, cue the, the spooky music kind of thing. But I get it that everybody's got their flavor of ice cream but that's so not my flavor of ice cream. And is there human suffering? Uh, yeah, <laughs> um, is there suffering on earth? Yes, but that's not the purpose of life. Right, that it's just it's such a simplified notion trying I believe they're trying to explain and admit that there is suffering here But then by trying to take that leap of assessment of, of source God Or some higher level of intelligence knows that there is suffering and likes it And this is the purpose of human life It's just like F that I mean it number one it's not it's not the purpose of life um, But I just want to really be super clear right here with you that you can anyone you included can decide that that's the purpose of life. And guess what? It will highly affect your life and how you look at everyone else's life. So it matters these generalizations, these statements of of fact and truth and declarations which aren't even presented as theology, they're presented And not even as philosophy They're presented as an emphatic This is what's going on And those that don't feel a sense of personal empowerment To question an authority Any authority um, Will just kind of go Okay, damn that sucks Um, I better get some help with this You know what I mean? Versus just like Well, what if that's not true? (laughs) I want a second opinion, right? Um, So for those that naturally question everything, I hope you still get something out of this message, because <laughs> um, you and I are more similar. But I do want to, you know, express my compassion and concern for those that just readily accept some of these generalized, huge, relevant, life-altering statements as fact and their truth versus just someone else's theory or philosophy about what might be going on in this reality, okay? So I probably don't have the same level of authority or expertise for you that, that those individuals or somebody else that you've listened to but, but maybe just maybe I have something interesting and valuable and insightful for you to, uh, to offer you um, that could change your life. What if you're glorious by birth? by divine nature? What if all life is? And what if while we are in a human experience, it is very challenging, especially in an age, a season of unconsciousness or suppressed consciousness, like you and I are in in this year, this era of human race era of Earth, Uh, Look up the Kali Yuga cycles, right? There's golden ages, there's dark ages and there's iron ages and all these things and it's a wheel that turns that I do believe is true. No one can prove it's true but that does explain a lot to me in terms of what I see and observe in this world what I sense in this world and other ways that I am shown through my divine inspiration how things work, okay? So we are in an age, we're in a cycle of that wheel that turns a big big wheel, right? 26,500 years or something to that effect type of wheel We're in an age where truth is very hard to come by. Um, Things are presented as truth and fact that are not actually truth and fact. To me, we have so many examples. you can probably think of a easily a list of like, Yeah, that's true. (laughs) Like examples of where you have noticed that that's true in your life. It's unfortunate and yet understandable given the dark age that we're in. That there are so many invitations into the lowest levels of humanity The most basic sufferable or is it insufferable whatever Versions of human life, I get it I'm annoyed by it by that that's the, the predominant um, invitation into beingness and maybe just maybe that my annoyance with that is actually also my eternal self energy that's annoyed by that is that would you just get in there? <laughs> would you just can we just make a, make a human and let's call her Jill <laughs> and she'll offer another, another voice of, of what the fudge is going on on Earth so that we can maybe pump up some glory <laughs> while, there's a, while it's so easy to pump up the dark side of humanity and the dark side of Earth and life and you know, all of that. Because I know that throughout my life I've had this sort of inner truth that 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 there's goodness also in all things a natural goodness, a natural Brightness, a natural worthiness of all life. I don't. I don't think that was taught to me. I don't remember my parents like preaching that idea. I do remember being in um, Christian churches, whether it was you know congregational churches in Austin, Minnesota, or Presbyterian church. We occasionally visited both. Um, I didn't go through confirmation or anything like that, but. And then as an adult, I went back into Christianity by choice because I felt so many blessings in my life. And I felt and it felt like more than luck. And I wanted to give, I wanted to honor that glory to what I felt was a higher power that I call God. So for me, I stepped back into Christianity and went really, really hard on it, at it, in it, uh, studying the Bible intensively and things like that. And that's where and I had some, I met some Baptist, um, Christians and things like that and that was my probably first sort of taste of this um, attachment to this idea of original sin and that, you know, we're born bad and that, you know, without Jesus, we're, we're all screwed and that kind of thing. And I, I it didn't feel right to me, but I, I tried it on as an identity. I tried it on as a truth of okay, look, let me see if this, let me see how this feels. If this is true, and I didn't like it (laughs) I didn't like it I didn't like the way with that filter of truth I was looking at my fellow humans and viewing my fellow humans To me it felt less godly Um, And I don't care what you call it To me that's not how I imagine uh, Yeshua was I don't think you could be the healer that Yeshua was and the, the model of light um, that he was and the model of righteousness also that he was if you had that, that present day Christian filter on So they think they're right, right? They the, the, the organized Christian religion are sure that they're actually They seem sure that they're right. I think they're wrong um, a lot of us in a, I've noticed in a, a group like this That would listen to something like this also sort of uh, was, Has been willing consistently to sort of question that, that line of thinking and, and therefore question that authority Because it is author- the Christian church um, and all of it is a sense of authority um for morality and things like that in this in this present age which happens to be dark. So, hmm, <laughs> maybe you can put that together, right? <laughs> and and maybe like, "Oh. Oh. Oh, no, that makes sense, right?" <laughs> yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. So your willingness to sort of question that and and say, "Well, that doesn't seem right to me." We you can't have proof. This can't be proven one way or the other Even in the afterlife, by the way, (laughs) damn it Um, So there's a sense of you just have to kind of go with your gut Or make a decision one way or the other is probably wise But there are many benefits that I've experienced I know stepping away from that version of Christianity And uh, staying strong in my inner sense, that there is a completely different way of knowing uh, the also the good side of humanity and the, the geniusness that can, uh, that can bubble up within a human um, divine inspiration, divine healing um, And so if some of you are more atheistic then take out divine, whatever <laughs> wherever you think it comes from is, is fine with me, but it's good <laughs> and it can be great and, can it, be, and it can be glorious um i give that credit to our source energy our eternal self nature but i that's just, that's my preference that's what helps me that's well it doesn't it it's not that it helps me it makes sense to me even rationally it's like oh yeah there's there's no way all of this i'm looking out at my beautiful yard these amazing trees and I'm listening to Samson breathing and you know, resting next to me I'm imagining all the functions in my body This doesn't come from chaos (laughs) This, this to me in my line of not just my human experience but the way my mind works This would be impossible from randomness There is a natural order to things that leads to a level of beauty and wonder and majesty and magic that to me can only be attributed to a source of energy that is just absolutely brilliant. Okay? So what if that same what if all the seeds of that sort of natural order Uh, Naturally, oh, let's do this Yeah, I like that naturally divine order What if those seeds and um, initial matter of naturally divine order or naturally glorious order, naturally majestic order is actually a framework that is within not just all life but also within you And what if by having a belief system that you also have a dark side and that that will uh, like invade um, uh, I want to use like toxify (laughs) I want to use toxic as a verb and that's probably not right Sorry, I'm sort of hung up on this word here for a second but it feels like it matters Pollute, there we go. I like that, that, it, that this dark side that's within you and with all life that it that it pollutes the gloriousness it's just like well, <laughs> that's, a, that's a pretty heavy load to bear. Because then if that's your truth, if that if that's your belief, if that's your operating system, you're going to do everything you can possibly to try to get rid of the darkness, because you're acting as if it's a problem to your gloriousness. But what if it's not? What if, yeah, you've got a you've got a dark side. On on your bad days, you're pretty bad. <laughs> Maybe not horrible bad, like like breaking laws, but you don't like yourself very much, and you're probably not that great to be around. And people may run and hide <laughs> when they when they sense that dark cloud about you, right? What if that is more a matter of circumstance, and that you did have a bad day, or you're not feeling your best, or you, um, you know, da 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 da. Um, what if that's more situational than fundamental to who and what you are? What if your gloriousness and your, your best self your the, the levels of you that you like best or even levels of you that are so great that you're really hoping that they're, they're there and you want to give yourself more time and space like a portal within yourself to further sort of unleash even this, this genius within you okay? I know from my experience and I know from my divine connection that the unleashing of glory the (laughs) the unleashing of glory within you and with all life is not dependent on the removal of that darkness. Part of you that may be evaluating whether that's true or not, I would offer There's no proof available to you Not real proof So what if it's just a decision (laughs) that you make? Which do you want to be true? I I definitely know which one I want to be true (laughs) Um, And I know that I mean, I love my life That doesn't mean that everything's gone my way for sure (laughs) Doesn't mean that I don't have challenges and problems And things that totally freak me out and make me scared, (laughs) right? Um, on some levels of myself But I think in general part of the reason that I do love my life And I'm excited about not just my future But the future of the human race Is because of this truth that I claim personally for myself That all life has inherent goodness That there's always the possibility for, for no matter how depraved and you know sadistic, somebody may seem that there's a version of them in there that they could fight for, that they could choose to be that we would all just stand back and go, wow, look at you. What a transformation. And maybe they wouldn't need to invite you to their church afterwards. <laughs> right? They wouldn't they wouldn't want to they wouldn't feel the compulsion to save you. <laughs> they would maybe feel the compulsion like I do to want to celebrate you. And what is what is naturally good about you and and wanting to see that in you, wanting to celebrate that in you, well not needing to discount or disregard or ignore or pretend that it's not there. That 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 sort of dark side, whatever that is. So to me, it's not a battle between good and evil. It's a sense of where are you placing the emphasis of power? This world couldn't be as beautiful as I think it it is in many ways without a sense of natural operation of, of goodness and glory and things that if we just get out of the way work really, really well, right? If we don't mess it up or try to um, try to fix it or you know, there's some things that just work well on their own. Um, I think of the example of like fires and forest fires um, and on the surface forest fires are just like Oh my god, that's tragic and obviously it, it there is a tragic element to it but also that's how the forest got there, <laughs> right? For any of us that love trees um, and, and love forests Forests in general, a healthy forest is there's, there's cycles and ages to it but every single one of those uh, trees, as I understand it, the spores within the evergreen forests, um, speaking <laughs> I'm in Idaho, so we got a lot of evergreens. <laughs> Pardon my bias about how the trees, I'm not, I'm not a botanist, I'm not an arborist, I don't understand all the fundamentals of this. Um, but as I understand it, the way that this, the spores that create future generations of evergreens um, is partly based on the heat and the exposure of those seeds. It has it requires a, a fire basically for those seeds to um, release from the pine cones, That's amazing to me, right? So, I mean, that's fascinating and scary, right? It's, it's dark and light, <laughs> right? At the same time. Um, no one gets out of here alive. Remember that bubble we started off with? That's the part of us that is beyond our humanness Beyond the the name that you currently go by And I'm hesitating whether we're going to go right there But yeah, we are because it's quite the portal. (laughs) Okay, Um, that bubble of energy It can't pop. It's indestructible. And it's always there. It's like your ride. No matter where you are. And even, (laughs) even the layers of you that are beyond aware. That are beyond a space and time or a time and space. This bubble of energy is infinite. It's eternal. And at its truest state, as the ride of your eternal self, there's nowhere that it's not. Wow. <sighs> wow. Now, I know some hearing that and playing with that idea as possibly true. can feel insignificant at that idea. But hey, you've got a bubble (laughs) and you've got a human (laughs) and humans can be used for multiple things. Your human can be used, applied, dedicated, animated for so many different things. For darkness, for light, for, I mean, the list is so long. So another way to look at it Well, what we talked about with your eternal self and the omnipresence and the infiniteness of you while you're also here at the same time in your humanness, okay? Is that it's exciting <laughs> that oh my god, so, so I'm not trapped here. I'm not here to suffer, although I may suffer, right? There's levels of gloriousness that maybe I've seen peaks of in my life or maybe I have sensed is there but I don't know how to get at it. Yeah, welcome to the club, (laughs) right? We're in a dark age. There aren't a lot of resources. There's very few resources for how to tap into the gloriousness of you and your life. But one thing I can tell you The way that you normally go about uncovering um, a hidden um, anything would be looking for expertise, looking for maybe texts, wisdom, teachers, right? And what I've noticed is that a lot of A lot of people spend their lifetimes Or at least big portions of and like era Eras of their life, their human life Searching for something outside of themselves That will help them tap into Maybe more consistently and more regularly or just at all That gloriousness that they sense or want to be true is within them So I would offer that a better way to do this to unleash this gloriousness within you is to consider that it's there play with the idea that it's there and just start trying shit out, (laughs) right? If if any of you have any record from your own sense of self of eh, It's pretty good right there. That was pretty great. That was pretty gloriousness. I mean, that was oh, that was horrible. That was pretty glorious, right? My guess is you didn't have someone holding your hand. You weren't reading in a in a book. Step one, step two, step three. It just kind of happened, right? It happened spontaneously, right? It possibly, I would venture to say, likely happened in a moment where you were excited, where you were feeling empowered, like you matter and that you were meaningful and relevant enough that, that the idea or the notion or that, that, that version of you that you were being in that second in, the, in that experience that you were capable of that and that you didn't need anyone's approval You didn't need anyone holding your hand at that It was just there and you you went for it Or you got out of your own way and you let it happen Yeah, so it's more experimentation than anything else I love to create a system in my life as Jill Where I'm basically I don't want to use the word forcing because it makes it seem like tricking. That's that works. That probably isn't that much better. Anyway, (laughs) I it works well for me to set up a system where people are counting on me and I'm counting on me to show up in a way that is better than my five human sensory sort of Jill, which I don't. I don't. I don't hate her. She's not locked in the closet. I actually like her for the most part, most of the time. Um, Most of the the time, (laughs) but what if you just scheduled it? (laughs) I mean, what if you, when you, I mean, what do you and let's maybe not apply it to something that you're struggling with and you need glory to get you out of the struggle. What if it's more because sometimes it happens when you don't need it, right? But what if instead you sort of tee up this idea of what are you super excited about in your life? What matters to you in, in your personal life? Okay, not who's president, who's in office, right? Something more personal, more everyday, more tangible to you. You can see it, smell it, touch it with your five human senses. Okay, whatever that is. What gets you the most jazzed if anything Anything at all about your life Where do you and in that area You're probably more primed naturally To show up in a way Where you pleasantly surprise yourself. Yeah, okay. So (laughs) what if you're a parent And you adore your children um, or you're concerned about your children, or whatever. But what if the role that you play in their lives, yes, can feel overwhelming. I'm a parent too. Um, but what if it motivates you to like, damn, I want to. I don't want to just show up there. I want to like. I want to like rock it. <laughs> I want to. I want to surprise myself at how good I can be in a version of me that no one taught me. That's better than my parents were that's better than any dad or any mom I've ever seen ever, right? That's perfect. <laughs> that's a perfect uh, scenario for your glory to be like, Oh, you know what I mean? So and you can again if from a sense of excitement ready. Right? What do you what are you excited about celebrating in your children? Um, put aside if you—if that's not your na- natural state If you're normally a concerned, worried It's my job to worry about my children sort of parent Then this would be a very different flavor of ice cream for you, right? You can just set that off to the side for a minute Because my sense is it's probably n- not doing a lot of good anyway Okay, hmm, <laughs> there's a radical idea What if it's really not making the difference you think it will <laughs> Or think it should be What if it's not serving you like you think it Anyway, I already said it set it to the side for a second. What are you excited about in your children? Right? Could be anything just grab the first thing. Have you told them that? Have you said that to them? Driving in the car, whatever It doesn't have to be a big momentous sit down, you know, hands on their shoulders staring in their face. Have you said to them? in a version of yourself that you may have never been before. I love you. Do you know what I'm super excited about right now when I think about you in your life and maybe even your future. I'm so excited about this thing that you do or this way that you are. I just think that's so brilliant. I love that about you and I wow. I just wanted to say that now that may sound weird and we don't normally have convers... I don't normally say things like that but I just wanted to to toss that up. My guess is you're going to get a hug back. (laughs) Whether they're five, (laughs) maybe even five months old the responses I got from my children they were way earlier than any any parenting or child development book would tell you the responsiveness. You got to go with what you see, (laughs) right? Versus what the experts say. Um, anyway, five months old, five five years old, 15 years old, maybe your child is 50 years old. Doesn't matter. Do it. Do it. And let their response be their response. This isn't about how they take it. This is about you doing it. You letting you get excited about something and someone else. For those of you that aren't parents or are no longer parents. Um, I know I know personally several people that have lost their children. Um, Hugs to all of you by the way. Can't imagine that. (laughs) Mm. But even if you've never been a parent or are no longer a parent of, of that being there's probably somebody in your life that you could get excited about That is in your personal life where you can put their hands Put your hands on their shoulders Or at least look them in the eye and say something to them Even if it's on camera Even if it's on a Skype call or FaceTime or whatever They'll hear it in your voice too if it's just a phone call Maybe it's a parent We've all got parents (laughs) Some still alive, right? Maybe it's a sibling I don't care who it is Just pick somebody And then notice how you feel in that experience of you being vulnerable um, Letting yourself tap into something that truly is exciting to you Some of us suppress excitement in our lives Because somehow we've had this idea that it's not cool to be excited Um, Dark age, I'll chalk it up to dark age, how about that? Um, That it's not smart to get excited Um, That it's yeah, I can think of so many pockets of society where where excitement is not a valuable trait and (laughs) what the fudge, (laughs) right? What's wrong with us, right? Oh my God. Uh, Anyway, okay, you get it. (laughs) Yeah. (sighs) Letting yourself get excited is part of the on-ramp to the portal of glory that is available to you portal of genius, portal of greatness Call it whatever word you want, right? If glory feels too Christian to you I don't have an aversion to it I'd also don't have an aversion to the word God I, I reclaimed it about probably seven years ago And I said, you know what the Christians don't on the word God I still like the word God and I'm going to use it <laughs> So there we go And I, I, I mean for those of you that may be listening saying Wait, she's not a Christian uh, Let's put it this way I don't consider myself a member of present day Christianity, for some of the reasons that I mentioned earlier, but I feel a a closer personal connection to Yeshua to Jesus Christ than I ever did as a Christian. I'm compassionate towards those that are still members of the Christian faith I think they've got a lot wrong right now And they're really, really busy telling so many others what they're doing wrong I get that, definitely I get some of that Uh, preachy judgment, hate, ridicule, criticism, whatever. Um, I just delete those comments because if they can't hear me and they can't feel the love of God for them coming through me, then I'm going to let that be their issue, not mine. And I don't feel responsible for making space on my channels or on my website for comments and things like that that are of that variety. They can criticize me all they want on their channels and on their Facebook walls or if they have a website, but I, I feel no obligation or sense of um, I just don't buy in to that idea that just because I, I make myself available on a YouTube channel things like that that I then am subject to everyone's criticism and that I just need to leave it there like graffiti on the side of my house. No, that's not a choice I want to make and it is my channel (laughs) and YouTube features let me delete comments. So I do. (laughs) I just do because I do look at, at it as graffiti on the side of my house and it's my house and I'm offering it I'm offering this to you. So I have decided that it is my choice and how I want to respond to that. Do I wish that there was part of me that wasn't bothered by it? Yeah, I do. But I would be bothered by graffiti on my house and I am bothered <laughs> by by comments of people that just aren't appreciating what I'm doing or don't get what I'm doing or trying to Make up make their point about why I'm wrong Or why they're right or whatever They can do that on their wall I'm not preventing their first speech free speech I'm just not making space for it On um, on um, the systems where I offer and share things Yeah, you may want to try that on too <laughs> For those of you that share things publicly Or ooh, here we go Those of you that may want to share things publicly But you don't because you're you're you don't know how you'd handle or you don't want to have to face uh, the shade or the hate or whatever. It's maybe you don't have to. What if, yeah, I mean, you could do it any way you want. I, I don't remember anyone modeling for me. Again, no one held my hand with how I do this. It just felt right to me. And I'm one of those people that I don't wait for an authority figure or some other expert or leader to to show me how it's done or I mean, I'm more likely the type and I know some of you are this way too, that when you see somebody doing something that may be really successful, um, or they've obviously made it through some hoops and, and are seem to be getting some traction or success or whatever your sense of all this is making a difference in the world, um, it, we actually It's not that we criticize it We're like, oh, that's interesting how they do that I wouldn't do it that way (laughs) Some of us are just so naturally individual And naturally independent And naturally um, distinguished in our bubble That this is my bubble and that's their bubble And I can see what they're doing and go Oh, I wonder, I wonder if that would feel right for me Oh, let me try it out Oh, actually, no (laughs) I don't like that part Um, and then we can customize it right? We don't ask for permission to customize what we do how we do anything we just do it and we see how it goes right? I do believe we're a minority though in the population I have no data to support that it's I'm just based on observation in the world I think there's very few of us and I love, <laughs> I love it, I love to, to cheer on those that are like this and also cheer on that sense of independence and really personal sovereignty to make your own choices and make your own you in the, in the kind of chicken and egg process there um, championing that within those of you that maybe don't come by it as naturally that, that are sort of maybe always feeling like you're on the sidelines um, waiting for your turn I don't, I don't think this world is going to hand you your turn I don't think this world works that way Number one, it's uh, distracted <laughs> by anything <laughs> and everything So waiting for this world to invite you into a game of your glory I don't think it's going to happen And that doesn't mean necessarily you have to fight for it But you it will require you to show up in a way that no one can teach you <sighs> Right? So we're back to what we were talking about earlier with the experimentation. But but life is human life is it's literally finite. We're all there's the mortality is we're all mortals in this way of our humanness. So your ride right now for this life that you and I are interacting through, right? Is the one you have to work with it's and I don't want to say it's all you've got, but it's all that matters <laughs> in what you in what you're currently working with. So yeah. So what is supporting you right now in your life in experimenting with a version of you that you go, shit, damn. Glad I glad I showed up. Glad I glad I took that ride. Glad I showed up as Joe or Tom or Mary or Connie I'm so glad I did that There was some suffering <laughs> but I'm glad I did that The reasons that lead up to you being able to say I'm glad I did that I'm glad I was that me I'm glad I incarnated I'm glad I went there in a dark age The reasons for you being satisfied or even delighted with how you showed up Those reasons are 100% personal to you The other part related to this being a dark age is that the reasons that make you stand back and reflect on your life ago. Nice, very good. Like very good. Me, glad I did that. Right. This world may totally ignore you. <laughs> they may not even notice <laughs> the glory going on in you in that moment. Right. But you'll feel it, and that's what we're going for right now. That's the that's the that's the right focus for now, anyway. Others may notice and that's great but they may not and they're likely not to, right? So there's so many twisted distortions in our perception of what that what glory looks like, right? I, I have my usual examples. I like to trot out um, Yeshua being one. I, I, <laughs> for me, when you look at the account of what happened in his life I would not say That his version of glory was accepted, at least not widely. They were like a minority cult that was sort of following him, Um, but it wasn't a cult because they were free to come and go, and there wasn't the weird. It it wasn't well. Was it? Yeah, was still in the dark age paradigm. Anyway, I. I don't like that we just called it a cult there And yeah, she was like, it's not bothering me Just keep going <laughs> Okay, it's a minor point We can talk, we can distinguish about that later It wasn't a cult, but a cultish following Or like in a pop, pop culture sort of reference of a cult following Anyway, they were the minority and he was murdered, right? And I, I definitely believe the timeline Ooh, crown chakra itch um, that he was murdered um, Not to save us from our sins though That's the Christian view, right? Love you Christians, <laughs> okay, I think you got that wrong though and you can be mad at me about that and I'm okay. You can be mad at me all you want. If that's how you want to use your life and, and activate your glory is by being mad at me, then have at it. I don't think it's going to go well. <laughs> okay, anyway, okay, we're moving on. <laughs> the other example in a very non-religious context a bit very divinely inspired was Van Gogh, right? Oh my god, Van Gogh so Vincent Van Gogh I don't I don't know how many of you read uh, the, the biography about his life. Uh, Double didn't say that the biography on Van Gogh called Lust for Life. I don't remember the author, but what a wonderful sort of uh, foray into his version of suffering. Um, And, and then so you read that book, and I do believe it's mostly accurate. I'm, I'm feeling a sense that it's 80 to 90% accurate, accurate enough He just said (laughs) to get the gist of his life and what what he experienced and his brother Teo his older brother supporting him financially and in so many ways Um, and just how much he struggled And yet now post death, right? Postmortem we look back at what he did in the midst of his suffering, right? So there was the suffering and then there was the glory right next to it, right? Um, God, it's just so It's the perfect example. Thank you for this. It's the perfect example of what we're talking about. His life sucked in a lot of ways and still there was the glory because he was so passionate about the painting. He wanted to call himself a painter. He wanted to be with artists. He wanted and that painter. Yeah, he wanted to be an artist. Um, He wanted to be called an artist. He wanted to be known as an artist, he wanted to be famous as an artist he wanted to be regarded by the fellow artists that were of the, um, the impressionists and I think at that time I'm not an art history major but I think I got that right. Um, anyway, so his friends and things like that that were uh, Gauguin etc that were known artists recognized artists paid artists. Um, where were we going with that? Maybe it doesn't matter. But anyway, he wanted that and he didn't get it. But his oh, passion, thank you, <laughs> he just said passion Okay, uh, the passion to live his life as the artist he knew himself to be I'm so glad he did that I'm so sorry that he suffered in the way that he did But I'm so glad he was strong in his sense of no, I'm an artist I, I can do this, this is I'm gonna do this He didn't love his work as much as we do um, but, but it was a sense of artistic representation of the, the inner vision of how he saw, uh, you know, the starry sky and Arles in Arles and France um, It's the absinthe <laughs> that was flowing through a system that night, etc. Yeah, it's so amazing, isn't it? So whether you leave a legacy or not, whether the world notices or not whether you get praise for it or validation for it or not Start with doing it for you And just like we talked about in that example of, of letting yourself get excited about someone else's life And then actually expressing it in some meaningful to you way where you, where you actually say it versus just think it Or think it on such a low level of yourself That it's not even in your consciousness Because it's fighting for space With all the things you're worried about With that person, etc. Okay, yeah that's cool, it's a great place to start and once you get the feeling of it it's like oh my god, this feels so good you'll feel more glorious more of the time and that doesn't mean that it's going to crowd out the, the darkness within you, right? I just had an example this morning where um, and I'm just saying doesn't matter Meg goes like not really don't go there. Okay, I there was a moment in an interaction with somebody that was trying to help me at a, a, nurse, a tree nursery a gardening nursery, a gardening center um, picking out trees, and she wanted to explain something, and I didn't want to hear it. I didn't need the explanation, and I kind of already knew what she was gonna say. And I'm like I, I'm doing it anyway, go sorry. <laughs> sorry, not sorry. but i i I heard myself saying as I was noticing I was getting irritated that she was going to explain something I already knew. Um, and I didn't need her to apologize or anyway. I just said, I said, I know it's okay. I'm busy. Um I gotta hurry. i'm I'm in a rush. And then she said, okay, she's over there waiting for you And then it was okay, okay, thanks And then I was as I was walking away thinking Well, I didn't like myself in that moment very much She was just wanting to explain something That they didn't do very well And wanting to kind of apologize again for it It's a long story And anyway, so that moment of me just being like I didn't want to be there to approve the trees I would purchased over the phone I don't need to go look at the weeping Sequoia I'm, I'm good, I'm they're going to guarantee it for a year anyway And yes, there's different They're all different And they're you know But I was like, I didn't want to have to come out and approve this anyway Is what I was thinking Even driving out there on the other side of town Anyway, so that sort of popped up in that moment And there was a version of Jill that I didn't like very much Was not productive Um, I didn't even feel good about doing it I actually felt worse about doing it And then I was like, okay, that wasn't very nice And then I sort of let it go I set it to the side like "Eh." (laughs) And then I chose to be a bit more pleasant when I was picking out the trees but I was still slightly annoyed there was an undertone of still annoyance and then I was like and then I was saw the trees I was actually did make different choices. (laughs) So that was that was when I actually said to the woman helping me pick out you know tag the trees to be planted next week a week from today I'm so excited Um, and I was like I I said I'm actually glad I came out now because I do like these two better and as she was switching them she had no idea the whole back drop and she doesn't need to Anyway, it all turned out fine, but I let myself I I made an unconscious subconscious choice of Jill in some of those moments of being a version of Jill that I don't like she I'm sure guessing she didn't either. But whether she likes it or not, I'm almost less concerned about because when I like my Jill, my life tends to go better. Yeah. And what in sense of my value system tends to be about um, you know, uh, being loving and being inspiring and, and helping everybody do the best we can in this crazy world um, and know more hopefully about how to be their best self that that what I like about me tends to be likable things on a, on a even uh, objective scale not just a subjective scale. Yeah, okay. Hmm. The scale wouldn't work well for a psychopath in other words. Luckily, I'm not a psychopath <laughs> I have no no ill will Yeah, anyway, okay, good All right, so that feels complete This went longer than I thought it did actually It's kind of interesting Okay, so for those of you that are live I'm gonna check out the chats If you have anything to chat about there Or anything you want to add I do like to hear from you guys um, Or anything you want to ask If it's um, somewhat related Otherwise, I'll just won't read it But anyway, hey, if you want to share there you can Oh, have a sip of my coffee while you guys are doing that. I can talk a little bit about events. Um, I have um, been interacting with John Burgos, team at Beyond the Ordinary about joining his summer season. So we're finding that calendar date um, to have that conversation with John. And I already have the, the plan for the special offer to do the Boise workshop the recordings there, oh my God, you guys, oh, I was so excited. I I haven't even listened again uh, to all the materials that all the all the, the that came through in that Boise weekend experience. But it was so and somebody was saying that when we were, I think having lunch or we got I invited everybody on, you know, everybody paying their own way. But I said, why don't we all just go to dinner? So we we, Spontaneously found a place that could kind of <laughs> take us all for dinner after the Saturday experience, and somebody said, "Wow, Jill, you just you just went right for it." I think in the first five minutes we just started going. <laughs> so um, I sensed. I mean, I guess in retrospect, right now there was a lot that we wanted to say, and there's a lot there, and it 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 doesn't dovetail, but it it adds on. It's like another volume. Of, of wisdom and information and insights about literally the afterlife experience um, that fits perfectly with sort of volume one, which was the afterlife reveal the bridge of light series, um, which is so you guys the information that the way that I am shown the afterlife experience is so contradictory to to things that I've heard people talk about with the Indian you know, near death experiences, NDEs and that type of thing, what I what I am shown again, I can't prove it, but they can't either, right? So again, here we just like, well, they're an expert says who? Their press person that helped them market a book and get on Dr. Oz, right? I'm not discounting their genius and their gloriousness, but but just because that's their truth and what happened to them doesn't mean it's true like the kind of true that's true whether you believe it or not, right? And it, their version of true may not be helpful um, to those here and even worse could be harmful And I feel like that's Oh, that's an angle we haven't talked about yet. Yeah, hang on, just let me How is it harmful to think that the afterlife is just all white light and love and like a pearly gate heaven Christian sort of experience? It's dangerous if it's not true. It's harmful if that's not how it works. It's more than unhelpful, if it misleads those living and in the afterlife into a naivete about the complexity of diametrically opposed incentives that happen in the afterlife not unlike they happen here Yeah. So there we are. Samson, baby, he's having a dream. Hi, honey. (laughs) Cutie pie. Okay, okay. Hi, Kaylee. And I'm going to turn off somebody's video really quick. Okay, Uh, Kaylee is saying how does the dark age relate to human health? Uh, This might be a big one to answer quickly, but it's been on my mind for a while. Um, That is a big question, but I do want to at least kind of throw a dart out of there the dark age affects everything um, about this reality, and that doesn't mean it's it's not dark enough to push out the light, but it makes it harder and more challenging and more confusing to be the light that we are. It makes it harder to know what's fact and what's theory. Um, It makes it harder to know what's a truth and what's a lie, even within ourselves. And one classic example I have of this is sometimes like on social media, which I'm not on as much anymore. I just don't like it very much right now. And maybe I won't again, I don't know. I'm just minimizing my time there and enjoying the minimizing of my time there. Um, But I'll see somebody say like, you know just sort of maybe ranting about an ex or something like I never date never marry a liar and you know something like that which is I mean that's like oh, that's true, you know, never marry a liar. But what I like to point out is it's it's not only a bit more complex than that lying is a lot more complex than that because most lies that are told the individual doesn't know it's a lie. Liars don't know they're lying. Yeah, no, some do there's a pocket, right? Um, An unmeasurable pocket um, of humans that enjoy telling lies. I tend to not like those people. I I don't understand why. But they seem to and some even admit to it. They like to create confusion and chaos. And I'm just like, oh God, I I, I just can't. (laughs) <laughs> and it won't, <laughs> you know, it's a totally different flavor of ice cream. Don't get it. Don't understand it. Don't want to condone it. Don't want to support it. Do not cheer it on. Right. But so the idea that a lie is something that someone knows they're telling is like, Oh, no, 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 it's far. It's far worse than that. It's even more confusing than that. So yeah, yeah, <laughs> okay. So health is definitely a part of that um health and wellness. I mean, just I mean, how easy is it to just do a little bit of research on how to, you know, heal uh, compromised intestinal gut lining, which the alternative health community calls leaky gut, which the AMA, the and the, the 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 real expert quote unquote doctors will say, Well there's no such thing as leaky gut. Okay, I have permeable intestinal lining. Oh, no, that's real. It's the same thing. <laughs> We're talking about the same thing. <laughs> how do you fix it? That's what we want to talk about. Let's stop arguing about what the fudge we call it. It's a real thing, right? Anyway, so how to heal leaky gut, right? You'll get 10 answers from 10 experts and 10 answers from 10 people that are convinced they've, they've resolved it within themselves. So that to me says Either we don't know or there's more than one right way. Um, yeah, it's going to require some experimentation. I know it worked for me though. <laughs> um, the book The Gut Balance Revolution by Dr. Gerard Mullen worked for me. And that I remember the moment that um, yeah, should I tell the story? Sure. Why not? I've got time. <laughs> um, and I'll make time because this is important. I, I was feeling like crap. Um, 3 years into menopause I was for actually maybe only 2 years into menopause cuz I was 47 I think at the time um and 49 now as of this time in space and space and time um, and I went to a naturopathic doctor an ND um, because the you know I'm I'm like a lot of people that I I have I have great doctors I have I am, and I'm very blessed to have great insurance um but when your when your your personal healthcare provider looks at your labs and says, Yep, you're good and you're like, No, nope, I'm not good <laughs> I feel like shit. Thank you very much. But they're like, No, you're good <laughs> Right? And I'm just like, Okay, so you're not listening <laughs> so let me, let me see who else that can help right and there, here come the rabbit holes and <laughs> cue the rabbit holes and then the sort of music right Anyway, so at some point I ended up in a naturopathic doctor's office who had all these great ideas about Oh, it could be food allergies and, and all these things So she had I think a set approach of this is how I help people figure out what's wrong with them um, and then and then I start the you know, the walls of expensive supplements are right outside the door and I can, you know, keep a cute bag for you to bring the mom home in and I really believe that she believed that that was what was needed. Um, so I got the allergy. I got an, you know, intensive allergy test and it said I was allergic. I'm not getting to almost everything I was eating and divine synchronicity. I had some super healthy very knowledgeable and about 10 years younger (laughs) a group of friends that was staying at our vacation property there were my guests up there and I was joining them. So I had this box of supplements. I had the, the lab the blood work lab results and they were so loving and so kind and just oh God I just i mm, love those people um, And they were just like oh Because they knew I wasn't feeling well And they wanted me to feel well too And I'm sure they had their ideas for how to do that Anyway, I mentioned the blood work And um, one of them kind of went oh like Oh I don't think she knows what we know So Matt kind of looked at Daniel And then Daniel who was pre-med at Baylor Rice I think it's Baylor Anyway, a very well reputed reputed, uh, university He graduated pre-med and he goes Oh, uh," again, he just said it so lovingly and so wise He said now, if you have And I don't remember how he said it But basically what I learned in that experience was If you have leaky gut Then pretty much everything you're eating is like leaking into your system and it will show up on a test like this because he asked you know what kind of test of this he was looking at it and he said yeah a test like this it's going to show anything in your system that's causing irritation inflammation but some of the, the if you have leaky gut then almost everything you're eating is going to show up on a list of oh you shouldn't eat these things. It's not it's a it's an incorrect assessment because it's not the, the problem isn't what you're eating. The problem is that your body isn't processing in the way it, it ideally should what you are eating, okay, so I wasn't allergic to bananas I wasn't allergic to you know, spinach, literally it was just like, I'm allergic to everything I'm eating and I, I drove the two and a half hours up to our vacation property just so deflated, um, I walked in with my box of supplements and then I was like, oh, oh, okay, so then I got excited and then they had some other ideas and then we just had fun um, but and so I went back into the, uh, the same ND's office in a follow-up visit or whatever and I said, so what do you recommend for leaky gut? And I or I said, do you know what leaky gut is? And she goes, and she kind of sat back like this and she goes, I do. And I said, do you know how to heal it? And she goes, no, she didn't know. And I think I literally said, okay, thank you for your time. Like <laughs> got have been left. <laughs> there was, I, I, I was convinced and I, I think I was right that my problem wasn't Everything that she thought was my problem My problem was that I had leaky gut And again, this was like three years ago or something like that um, So then I you know, got into you know, listening to health and wellness podcasts, Dave Asprey, um, Mike, Mike in high intensity health I can't remember Mike's last name Anyway, and I was like, okay, so what do these guys say? And it's even more confusing, right? And then somehow I heard, oh, uh, Abel James uh, the Wild Diet, oh, what a beautiful man I've never met him but what a just a beautiful person Not that the others aren't But Abel James just stood out to me as just this lovely person Anyway, so he had a guest um, Dr. Jard Mullen on Sorry, this is going so long You guys are still here, <laughs> okay <laughs> um, And I heard him in this interview and it was just like Oh my god, what he, what Dr. Mullen was saying was so Resonating and really like okay, pay like listen to this. He 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 has something that may work for you. So I bought his book. I actually read the whole book. I rarely read a book cover to cover. I really really read. <laughs> anyway, I followed that one, and literally within five days of following his thing, and it made sense to me. So intellectually, I was like, okay, this actually makes sense. And he's a, oh, gastroenterologist. John Hopkins, I know. Standing up for me, I can't remember what he does. Anyway, great. I just love what he had to say and it worked. And within five days, I felt like I was coming alive again. <laughs> so it was like, oh my god, this is good. So I stuck with it, and literally within three months, I was like, okay, I'm back. <laughs> right? Now I should probably follow all of that again because it did work before and it could work again. But some of the other sort of tricks that I thought I figured out at that time don't work for me anymore. Mm. So keto is not working for me right now. And again, there's just so many possibilities. So here's, here's my advice. For anyone that does not feel well, for anyone that knows that you could be feeling better. Trust yourself. If your doctor or whoever you, you know, deem as an authority or an expert that knows, hopefully more than you that you think can help you out. If you don't agree with what they're saying, then don't agree with what they're saying You can try out right what they what they want to offer or whatever that that that's your choice But they may not know the answer as well as they think they do which doesn't have to mean they know that they're lying right But they might be lying but not know they're lying They may think what they think They may think they are right and that it is true and that they can help you That doesn't mean that's reality Even if you follow everything that they say to the letter Okay, yeah, this this reality is way more complex than we give it credit. Um, So I remember walking around thinking everybody would do great on in a state of ketosis and now I'm like, "Hmm, maybe not, (laughs) maybe not. Maybe, maybe uh, fruit is not the devil (laughs) as much as a candy bar or whatever. Anyway, so I'm starting to kind of back off some of those ideas now that they're not working for me. And I am getting I think more wise and more mature in this idea that you know what just pick something that works. But okay, here's the advice. Do something. (laughs) Okay, because I think a lot of us we overcomplicate things and we're trying to we're out there again. Remember, we talked about that gloriousness and that greatness. We can be out there sort of spending a life researching and searching and seeking and all these things. Meanwhile, the you know, you may not feel well. So what if you just pick something? Because picking something and doing with it Number one, it may work Number two, it may yield some improvement But at least you're doing something that's different than what you were doing yesterday Because whatever you have been doing has more than likely Yes, played a role in the fact that you don't feel well, right? So when it comes to health I do see this all the time related to food um, dogma really and nutrition dogma and you know health and wellness dogma and all these like no this is true and okay wait now maybe that's true what should I do and doing nothing not taking any actual like okay I'm gonna try this and just don't listen maybe to anything else just do that just try it and maybe give it two weeks maybe give it longer and just see if you start to feel better I think with food, we highly underest we radically underestimate the power that what you eat every day plays in your health. I know that was true for me. And I don't say that like a, um, like somebody that doesn't have darkness <laughs> in myself related to food and nutrition because I'm not in a season right now of my Jill of being dedicated or devoted to eating well. Um, Yeah, I tend to not be great at that. So when I have been good at it, I'm just like, Oh my God, why don't I do this all the time? (laughs) And there's probably a lot of answers, maybe because cookies are good, (laughs) right? And melted cheese on organic blue corn tortilla chips with fresh Salsa is like heaven especially when you get it with a beer. Oh man, yum, yum That will always taste good to me. (laughs) Okay, Um, so maybe that's why it doesn't matter. The fact is I'm honest enough with myself that I'm not doing what I know I should and could to feel better. But I'm also okay. So could I be better? Yeah. Um, Am I perfect? No. do I hate myself? No, I don't I'm good at a lot of things and sticking to a healthy eating plan is not one of them But when I do it, I I always just go Why aren't I doing this all the time? <laughs> anyway, anyway, okay, very good So that's where we are um, So Kaylee, I hope that helps It relates to human health It relates to everything Um, I do have a health story to tell you guys about at some point I don't know when I'll do that but um, it's around the advice of getting second opinions um, advice of following your instincts and making choices with incomplete information which I mean it's all of us right In in that regard Just go with what you got, but do something because the the mental kind of masturbation of, of trying to find the answer before you start to make changes that will lead to further months or years or decades of not getting the improvement that you deserve. Yeah, okay. And we do make things really hard because we're looking for perfection and all these things. Okay, Lisa says, Thank you, Jill, always inspiring it and gives me validation to keep going with my life service and offerings. Yay! Oh, Lisa, I'm so glad to hear that. Okay. Hi Kaylee, she's saying Yep, always helpful Jill. Thank you. You're so welcome. And then another Lisa said Thank you, Jill and a heart. Okay, good. All right, you guys, I feel like we should wrap up. And I need food speaking of food. Okay, and to those of you that are new here, I hope you liked it. And if you don't, that's okay. (laughs) You don't have to. Um, I meander. I totally own that. Um, It's part of the maybe dark side, I was gonna say downside dark side of my not planning these messages. I just wing it, which yields some meandering which may not be a match for some people. And I'm okay with that. I just want you to get I want I hope you find something that does work for you. Okay, like really work for you in being your amazing self because I know I know those ingredients are there and hopefully you know that about yourself too. Okay. I love you guys. <laughs> bye bye for now. Uh, is there anything else? Oh, please subscribe if you haven't. I really appreciate that. It's been very fun to watch my channel grow. Um, yeah, it's it's been fun. And mm, thank you. <laughs> anyway, I love you guys. Bye bye for now. Bye bye.